0: This is The Riffin' Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa.
1: About-
0: now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is The Riffin' Reed.
2: The radio, this thing of ours, the most intimate form of communication that has ever been created. Some say it was Marconi, the Italian, that's me. Others say it was Tesla, the Serbian. But Nancy, there is no doubt about it. When you're able to talk on the most powerful radio station by day in the nation, WABC, and the most powerful radio station at night across the world, Once it's dusk, reaching 172 countries, not yet Antarctica, you have a lot of influence with people who may not necessarily be so sure of what they feel, what they think, or what their opinion is. It's sort of like you you nourish that, you nourish that. And we here at WABC are number one in the nation in doing that. But let me just give a quick update The trial date for former President Trump, the Alvin Bragg trial uh, involving Michael Cohn, will be March 25th, downtown Manhattan. Uh, And then the Fannie Lewis uh, hearing in Atlanta, in which they are trying to determine when she had her affair with the person she chose to prosecute Trump and a total of 18 others, has been established as having taken place on March of 2022. So those are two breaking news stories. I'm sure when we come back, uh, that James Flippin will have, uh, a tremendous update on those. They uh, were just announced. And of course, when Greg Kelly comes on one to three, both of these uh, stories are his sweet spot. But to me, the most important story of all is the attempt by George Soros with his billions of dollars to influence the outcome of the next presidential election. But he's doing it legally. It's not an illegal attempt. He's using the power of radio. It was announced earlier today that George Soros has become the largest owner of stock in the uh, second largest uh, radio conglomerate in the nation. Uh, that is Audacity, 220 stations, English-speaking stations across the nation. But of s- special significance here in the New York area are all new stations, 1010 wins, WCBS FM, excuse me, AM, although they have FM affiliates. And this is true all across the nation. And a lot of people are getting bent out of shape. Wait a second. We had a warning of this a year ago. When he began this venture, he bought up 18 radio stations uh, down in Florida, mostly conservative talk radio stations, Spanish-speaking stations, the big one being Radio Mabi, and uh, people went crazy. He established his Latino media network, and that was acknowledged that was tried to influence the ever-growing Latino vote, the... A minority today that may soon be the majority, not just in Florida, but America. So to me, that is extraordinarily important because people don't seem to understand. It's not just owning radio stations. There's a reason for this. But first, with this major purchase by George Soros, Nancy, give us uh, analysis uh, of what transpired and why this guy now uh, can control a meteor operation by the short hairs and determine what direction it goes.
3: Well, so the company, I, th- I think it's pronounced Odyssey, and their uh, ch- chapter 11 bankruptcy filing, so they submitted it to the court. It still needs to be approved, but uh, what happened was Soros uh, Fund Management, they came in, they, for $400 million, they purchased 40% of the senior debt. And the way that this um, bankruptcy is set up, the high ranking creditors like Soros, they're going to be repaid in stock of the restructured company. Uh, you know, smaller ones will be smaller shareholders are taken out, but he's effectively getting control of the 220 stations because by being the largest shareholder, you, you know, you, you control the entire sort of flow of whatever is going on there. So but to have 220 stations where he's going to be in control of potentially by the end of uh, March, once this is finalized, that's a lot of power to be wielding on the airs. The end of March,
2: you mean when the first trial against Donald Trump takes place when they picked a jury, March 25th, not far from his own property at 40 Wall Street, the Trump building. Wow, this is all very synergistic.
3: No, no, and, and again, so so 40 percent, that's going to make him probably the single largest shareholder. That means he will dictate how the, the is run, what's being played on the different stations. I mean, he will, like I said, 220 stations. That is some, some reach. So – Give us an idea based uh,
2: on what you've seen in the past—a scene that may <laughs> reflect what he is going to do to the existing board of directors and to the management at these stations.
3: Oh, this is great! It, it definitely reminded me of uh, Michael Douglas in Wall Street. He's playing the the Gordon Gecko um, character, where this is what he does: in he 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 buys companies when they're weak, and you know he he gets a controlling share, and then he basically just maneuvers the company the way he wants it.
2: Today,
0: management has no stake in the company. Altogether, these men sitting up here own less than 3% of the company. And where does Mr. Cromwell put his million-dollar salary? Not in our stock. He owns less than 1%. You own the company. That's right. You, the stockholder, and you are all being royally screwed over by these these bureaucrats.
2: Well... So there's no doubt whether it's Soros himself uh, or a surrogate or maybe even his son, Alex, who's in the news today, uh, having a relationship with Huma Aberdeen, the former wife of Anthony Weiner. I mean, this all comes full circle. I could easily see where George Soros or his surrogate goes before the board of directors goes before all the managers and the ones who basically set the operation of the uh, radio stations. This is the way it's going to be if you want to
3: stay. Yeah, because this is how this is how you would explain it to the shareholders. You're telling them the the current pathway of what the management is doing for you is making it where your stocks aren't going to be producing anyway. This company is going to bankruptcy. You're going to lose everything. You're going to get pennies on the dollar. So if you do this restructuring plan, there'll be a, a set payout for you. So... He will have the power to convince them as the big issue because, again, he's investing himself in there. So that means he does have a stake in the company.
2: Now, what's the bottom line in all of this? He's going to lose money. There are other radio conglomerates that are losing money that are just about on the verge of bankruptcy. Our own uh, Chad Lopez, president of Red Apple Media, our uh, parent company, has told us that because he worked. He worked originally over at WINS uh, for uh, what is now called – uh, audacity might as well be called the Soros radio network because that's what it's going to be that there are many many radio conglomerates that are on the verge of bankruptcy and are ripe for the picking the reason that Soros would invest billions in this he's not going to make money at this he's not going to make money with the 18 stations of Spanish-speaking radio in Florida called the Latino Media Network that'll grow He's not going to make money with the 220 stations of audacity. He's going to lose money. But he has done the analytics. His left-wing, socialist, democratic-leaning team, they've done the analytics that I did a long time ago, that radio, news, talk, radio, news, radio, talk, radio, the listeners vote in greater numbers than all others because they're actively engaged. People who listen to music, people who listen to FM, if it's not talk or news, they tend to be disassociated, many of them apolitical, or they'll vote in a presidential election, but they're not really motivated. What George Soros has realized is that the way to reach people with the most intimate form of communication is not with television, it's not with newspapers, it's not with magazines. It's with radio, because you're captive when you're in your car. You're captive. You're listening. There are no pictures. You're forced to think. You're forced to observe. This was tried once before when you had a radio conglomerate that was put together, Air America. They tried to put liberal progressive uh, programming out in America. About They had about 70 stations. Rachel Maddow was on it. Chuck D. They had a lot of names. It didn't work because it wasn't entertaining, it didn't have the uh, advertising, so it failed. But with George Soros, there'll be no failures, because even if the station doesn't make money, it's not there to make money. It's there to be an outlet. Now, who goes up against George Soros, the billionaire? Our own John Katsimatidis, the billionaire, who rescued this this thing of ours, so precious to all of us, WABC. I've told the story many, many times. We were on the scrap heap. We were owned by Cumulus. They wanted to get out of New York City in the worst way. How would you want to get out of the number one market in America? They got rid of their, their their station Nash, Country Western. They got rid of the iconic station WPLJ, which gone. And they had us on the chopping block. We were just about ready to be executed when all of a sudden John Katsimatidis called the board, said, stay the execution." Let's negotiate a price. I grew up with WABC radio. I listen to WABC radio. I want to buy WABC radio. Thank God. It was close to the execution day. John Titus also realizes that radio news, radio talk, is the most intimate form of communication out there and that the people who tend to listen to our, our means of communication – are most engaged, are most likely to vote, are most likely to activate others. So you got one man standing now between George Soros gobbling up all these stations and controlling the nation's radio, which would naturally influence people to the left, to the progressive, to the socialist menu of options. And I know I've had the discussions with John. He also knows there are a lot of station blocks that are on that that brink of bankruptcy, and I have a feeling you're going to see John move to purchase them to save America, not so much as an investment to make money, to save America. Remember, we may hate George Soros. We may not like what he's doing. District attorneys everywhere helping candidates who are for no-cash bail, pro-crime, anti-cop, but he knows what he's doing. This is a plan. And there's only one man out there at this point that has the means to stop him. And that's John Katsimatidis, who saved this station. And I'm sure he's going to go to war against George Soros. So this is the battle of the billionaires. George Soros represents socialism, anti-Americanism. John Katsimatidis represents truth, justice, the American way, and capitalism. Let the battle begin We are in the front vanguard, we here at WABC, and and hopefully others
0: will follow. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.
2: for an appointment or
3: newbridgehealth.org.
0: Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Ice, ice, baby. Ice, ice, baby. All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Fiction. Something grabs a hold of me tight. Ice, 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 ice. All
2: they talk about is ice now. A little update. As uh, everybody is watching, uh, the Fulton County DA misconduct hearing. Apparently, uh, somebody has surfaced who said, Nope, the affair between Fannie and her chosen prosecutor against Trump and 18 others were having an affair starting in 2019. Oh, the drama. You're going to want to hear an update with James Flippin at one, and no doubt Greg Kelly's going to do the deep dive on all of this, and obviously the trial date that has been set in Alvin Bragg's trial against Donald Trump, March 25th, one day before my birthday when I become 70. But I would think that out of everybody in talk radio, Nancy, and you've listened to me extensively over the years, for a while I was the only one talking about ICE, and it wasn't Ice Cube, Ice tray. Uh, vanilla ice, iced tea, any of the ices. It was immigration naturalization uh, service and the group that was started in the aftermath of the attack of 9-11 to protect our borders and to make sure we stay out of harm's way.
3: Yeah, you've been bringing that up for a very long time.
2: Long time. I brought it up in my campaign against uh, Eric Adams. Even in one of the debates, I was called a xenophobe racist. Why would you support ICE? And at that time, the theme of the Democratic uh, Party in New York State, New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut was that ICE was a bunch of thugs because it was led by the guy that they thought might become uh, president. Oh, my God, over my dead body, Andrew Evil Cuomo.
1: New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York.
2: So 2018, all the Democrats, ICE, thugs, ICE, evil. Uh, MS-13, eh, not, not that bad. Eric Adams was on it back then also. He was a clone of Cuomo, and as you heard, Swazi, remember, was proud that he kicked out ICE when he was Nassau County Executive. But everyone is morphing now. They're morphing because they see, oh, oh, you got all these illegal aliens committing crimes, especially from Venezuela, and we got to morph this. So uh, what was the question that Eric Adams was asked at his once-a-week press conference where he takes off-topic questions?
3: Well, he w- okay, so the with ICE, right? In terms of uh you know, they were asking about uh recent raids going on and you know, someone who was apprehended and what was the uh NYPD's sort of working relationship with ICE in terms of that arrest.
1: But well, we're not allowed to uh, City Council law uh, prevents us um uh, for using city resources uh to coordinate with ICE around immigration issues and we're going to follow follow the law.
2: Now, Yesterday, you brought a statement that he made at a team press conference that had us, um, had us in, uh, sort of like a vertical when he was asked about the law.
1: As I've always stated, we're going to always follow the law, lawful law.
2: Still haven't been able to figure that out. So is that, that law about not working with ICE, is that a lawful law or is that just a law?
3: I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, Let's see, a a lawful law, since he's willing to contemplate working with them.
2: (laughs) Well, it's all political now. He's moving. He's maneuvering. But he should be leading the fight against the city council that say, we must work with ICE. ICE is here to protect us. Yeah, I mean,
3: he doesn't mind sort of challenging them when it's something important to him. But here he just rolls over and says, well, what can I do? Throw my hands up. This is what they've decided.
2: Well, especially last week, the attack on the police officers by the illegal Venezuelan thugs a series of other arrests made by the police of the illegal alien Venezuelan thugs up in the Bronx who were stealing cell phones, and then uh, trafficking the information, white-collar crime, down to uh, Santiago, Lima, uh, and also to uh, Bogota. Eddie Caban was frustrated, the police commissioner, because he indicated there were problems in trying to research these thugs.
1: They're essentially ghost criminals, no criminal history, no photos, no cell phone, no social media.
3: And as Eddie Caban knows, ICE has all that information. Yeah, maybe this is a way to like hide the stats. Like, oh, you didn't actually look in the ghost criminal <laughs> file. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have ghost guns yeah. now, right?
3: Apparently, yeah. There's like a whole bunch of ghosts running around New York uh, City. We got ghost uh, criminals.
2: Yeah. By the way, side note, with all this craziness going on, these Venezuelan thugs shoplifting, beating up cops... And then up in the Bronx, the American-style thug still on the lam for shooting up uh, six people at the Mount Eden Number 4 station right before our 45th anniversary of the Guardian Angels. That's right now we started. The three of them thugs are still on the lam. Uh, Where's Eddie Caban? He's out of town. Believe it or not, he's in the Middle East again. This is the second time since he was sworn in as a police commissioner. He's traveling to the Middle
3: Why East. Why is he going?
2: Out of town. Again? Eddie, come on.
3: Oh, my goodness.
2: But the one who's being rough and tough here, who was always anti-ice, he's decided to pivot and shift. It's Kathy, Crime Wave, Hocum.
0: Get them all and send them back. Right. Don't, okay. You don't touch our police officers. You don't touch anybody. Thank you.
2: Everybody. So get them all and send them back. So basically arrest them prosecute them if they get time, let them do time, then ICE, the ports.
3: And first of all, where was that statement initially when this happened? Like, when
2: the cops, uh, got the beat down yeah, by very, those uh, very Venezuelan thugs. Nothing,
3: nothing to say then until you saw the public outcry, right. and now you feel like you have to stand up for it. And it's a soundbite. It's okay, a yeah, soundbite.
2: Sound uh, but she assigns the National Guard to guard some of these facilities. And I, I see she's getting rough. Uh, well, what does she want them to do now?
3: Yeah, so this is weird, right? So even though they're claiming they don't want to work with ICE, they're instructing the New York State National uh, Guard, which apparently there's uh, over 2,000 of them who are um, within the hotels and the shelters for the migrants. They have a new decree out, which was, gi- which was given by the NYPD uh, for Situational Awareness Alerts. So what they're um, suggesting to the National Guards who are at these hotels and shelters to look for the migrants to check them for distinctive tattoos linked to the Venezuelan uh, street gang, uh, Trende Aragua.
2: Wait a second. Why can't the NYPD conduct a search? Oh, that's right. They're not permitted to go into the tents, or into at the, the hotels. Or at the border before they even get to New York City. Right, and why just the Venezuelan gang? What about MS-13? What about the other gangs? You know, the first days when Cardinal Cole, uh, uh, Cardinal Dolan joined Eric Adams in the receiving line of the Greyhound buses that were coming up from Texas at the Port Authority. Remember right. I pointed out the photo when he was embracing two guys who like giraffes on their neck had MS-13 tattoos, and I say, Cardinal, these are gangbangers. They got tats all over their body.
3: Yeah, and and also at the same time, so this was when the kids were first entering the school system because they wanted to incorporate them. Yes. They were showing pictures of kids lining up for first days of school, and you could see these, uh, you know, the migrant children. And again, I'm assuming they're children because I don't know if they even get paperwork on anybody, but they looked like they were well in their 20s with tattoos all over their necks, standing next to kids who look like they're like 90 pounds, dripping wet, who looked mortified that these were going to be their classmates. So, How
2: how would you even know their proper age or their proper name? You wouldn't know
3: anything about them. And again, this situational awareness alert, it's so tone deaf. And you could see this, a very soft language. They never want to really call out the criminal activities of the migrants as though they're going to scare the public. Like We don't want to say they're doing bad things, but just keep an eye out. So what they say is, the, they're warning that the gang is increasingly making its presence known in the five boroughs.
2: Well, we've let them in, so obviously... No,
3: but again, what does that even mean, th- letting their presence known? Like, are they planting flowers? <laughs> are they, you know, joining a, a, like a local sports team? Like, no, what are you talking about? They're flashing their gang yeah, signs. That, So why don't you say that? They're making their presence known by committing crimes. There's criminal activity related to them. All
2: right, now this is the problem. Yeah. Since they won't let the police go into the shelters for the migrants... Since only the the National Guard will deal with this, let's say they find a gangbanger from Venezuela and they want to deport them. So the National Guard calls up ICE, the Immigration and Naturalization Service. We got a Venezuelan gangbanger here. We want to deport them. They're right by Vesey Street here in Elizabeth, New Jersey. How come they can't deport them to Venezuela? Everybody says, deport them, deport them, deport them. You can't wake up everybody You can't deport them back to Venezuela.
3: Yeah, so the problem is the the deportation flights. They were initially halted in 2019 under um, President Trump because of, uh, you know, sort of the civil unrest going on and also the election uh, frauds. So they were halted then. So now now fast forward to today. We don't have diplomatic relations. I mean, in New York City, we spoke about before how, like, the Venezuelan consulate has been shut down for years. So we don't have diplomatic relations The only way they can try and get rid of them is through commercial flights, which is is like completely ridiculous, or try to remove them to Mexico. But again, that's assuming that they're willing to take them as well. So this has become like a a chess game where they're holding that over. Like, we're not going to take anyone back until you lift sanctions on Venezuela.
2: So now check this out, ladies and gentlemen, because nobody can match me in terms of how supportive I've been for ICE. You cannot deport People Back to Venezuela now, whether it's white collar crime, whether it's street crime, gang activity, drug dealing, prostitution, even if they've been uh, uh, indicted, convicted, they've done their time, which you have to do in local jails or local prisons, and then they can be subject to deportment. You would have to send them now to Mexico, and that is catch and release. And if you release them into Mexico... Do you think they're going to stay in Mexico or work their way back into the United States? It's case after case. When we catch and release people into Mexico because other countries will not accept them, China being one of them, Red China, that they immediately come back to the United States. Cuba will not accept anybody that is scheduled to be deported back to their country who's from Cuba. So... While everybody else catches up now and has decided, well, we need ICE to deport them. Hey, you can't deport them to Venezuela.
3: Yeah, and like you said, if you bring them to the Mexican border, it's super easy for them to get back to New York City because everyone's paying for their bus fare. It's it's like they get a free ride here.
2: By the way, the uh, one miscreant, the Venezuelan gangbanger who had two priors and had been released by Alvin Bragg, released again by Alvin Bragg for the beatdown of the cops. Apparently, uh, some spiritual people in Bay Ridge decided that they would post bail for him after all three of those crimes.
3: Yeah, this is insane. So the activist Brooklyn priest uh, posted $15,000. This is the Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Bay Ridge, people, uh, where the Brooklyn priest posted the bail. And now that he's released, of course, he's not staying there at the church. So we don't even know where he is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. That's the catch and release you were talking about. When bail is posted,
2: the idea of bail is because they don't have an idea that somebody can be guaranteed not to flee, that they have roots in the community. Why didn't uh, the judge say, no, 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 you got to take responsibility for this guy. He has to live in the Lutheran church. We have to be able to monitor his activity under supervised release. How come the Reverend wasn't able, willing to take him under his wing and house him in the church sanctuary? Well,
3: the problem there is then he might actually be responsible if he did some, like, further actions. And something tells me the, the people who are part of the church, even if they might theoretically agree with this concept, I don't think they want him staying in the church. And it, what was interesting, too, so it's like, you know, Bragg's still taking his time, dragging his feet on this initial prosecution, going through the footage to determine each suspect's level of involvement. It's like... You know, th- there's reason why laws they link everyone in. If you're part of it, you're part of it. Like, but he wants he's so so tiptoeing over protecting the rights of these people. It's insane. It's a gang assault. It's insane.
2: They're gonna check them for tattoos. Check them for tattoos. about
0: This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I'm not a juvenile delinquent. No, 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 no,
3: no, 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 no.
2: I'm not a juvenile delinquent. Juvenile crime is in the headlines, both by illegals and also our own local homegrown thugs. A lot of juvenile crime in the retail stores where youngsters come in, sometimes as young as 13, 14, 15, and like locusts to the cornfield, they just grab whatever they can and run right out. Yesterday, Kathy Crimewave Wave Holcomb, the governor, decided, I'm going to be the law and all governor. She threw down the gauntlet against all shoplifters, a plague of the city, but specifically to the juvenile delinquents.
0: We're coming after you. You're on notice.
3: We've had enough. Wow. It, it sounds like a parent sort of uh, saying something to a child, and I wouldn't be scared of that, FYI.
2: Could I hear that again, wrong way, Lou Rafino? This is the rough and tough governor telling all the juvenile delinquents out there, legal or illegal, that's it. No more shoplifting for you.
0: We're coming after you. You're on notice. We've had enough.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they don't know their names, and they don't know where they're at, but they're coming after them, I bet.
2: And plus, there's no enforcement against shoplifting. You're charged maybe with petty larceny by a DA, if that, and you're released to do it again and again. But look, there's the case of the 19-year-old who gave the beatdown to the cops along with the other Venezuelan migrant thugs. He ended up in the 110th Precinct yesterday in Queens because he was entering the Queens Center Mall around 530, with a bunch of other Venezuelan thug illegals, and they were acting in concert to steal clothes that they tried to hide in bags. They hit the security officer. They ran. He got caught. The others were seen running down Queens Boulevard with about a $1,000 of assorted clothing. This is like the third arrest of this guy in just the last 10 days since he was released by Alvin Bragg for giving the beat down to the cops. Can I hear that one more time from Kathy Crimewave Wave Holcomb? I'm sure that he has a translator in Spanish who's telling him this.
0: We're coming after you. You're on notice. We've had enough.
2: And then yesterday at his once a week press conference where he takes off topic questions. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens was trying to tell uh, the media why there are so many crimes committed with knives now by juveniles and not guns.
1: I think there's a, a combination of things that are uh, giving way uh, to uh, the uh, stabbings. Uh, uh, number one, uh, the police department has done an amazing job of cracking down on guns. Uh, I, I, I believe uh, over 13,000 were removed off to our streets. Uh, and, you know, some young people have started to use knives. And also, again, uh, we've heard this over and over again that uh, many of the platforms are displaying fights among children. Uh, in schools, off school grounds, uh, they get, they're getting uh, hundreds of thousands of views. Uh, this is all playing into the anxiety that our young people are experiencing And I think there, you know, there's just many uh, roles that are leaving into some of the increase in of, you know, the use of knives and uh, the stabbing.
3: Yeah, I think one of the things increasing the use of knives is his desire to be teaching culinary education to everyone in the inner city schools. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Look, one of the most famous books, The Switchblade and the Cross by Nikki Cruz. There was no social networking then. Hang it up, Eric Adams. It just don't
0: fly.